Welcome to PEV Lane, the show all about PEVs. My name is Hanson. My name is Brett, also known as E-Rider A. Um, and we are going to talk about something this week that is kind of breaking news in a sense and something that a lot of people should know if you ride a... Any PEV. Any PEV, but essentially right now we're talking about one wheels. Um, but before we go into all of that, we always have our very quick segment at the very beginning called This Week. What do we want to start with? There's a few things that happened this week. Uh, we'd like to mention about maybe three things. So the first thing this week, um, quick little, I guess we'll do a seasonal update here in Toronto and in Canada. The weather's been picking up. It's been kind of nice and actually rideable without wearing a million layers. So there's been a couple of group rides and they have been great. Spring is in the air. Spring is definitely in the air. So if you've been looking for group rides and to get together with other people, now's the time and it's really starting to happen and uh, it's looking great. And also another point on that is other people are really like they're getting the machines on the road now if they've uh, if they've been sitting around all winter. So that's that's new and exciting, especially for those seasonal riders. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited for those double digit days. Hopefully we'll get some nicer weather continuing and yeah. Yeah, cuz really like anything below like double digits and in 987 uh degrees Celsius. It's just like you could ride it, but it's just not comfortable and like group rides are just kind of a fun experience if you don't have to worry about being cold. Yeah, the wind will destroy you. Yeah. In those colder days. That's for sure. Uh, moving on quickly to our second subject, we have new segways. Yeah, so for those of you who are riding scooters or maybe you have a Segway 9 bot, which is a very popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not the most popular. If maybe. not, one of the most popular, definitely. So like kick scooter, e-scooters. Uh, Segway has come out and released a few new models of higher-end premium scooters. Um, yeah. Along the lines of, you know, I, I look at them and I think they're competing more with the, the Dualtrons, the Apollos and the, the you know, yeah, the zeros like, of the world. I'll throw up a little screen recording that we have right here. And they're just like, they're bigger scooters. They're more robust. They've got like I just think, a bigger body. Yeah. And I think they, they took the same, uh, you know, GT moniker that a lot of these companies seem to be using these days. So what one of the models is called the GT. The GT1. GT1. The GT2. GT2. <laughs> And they then, have like this. Then they have the P series, right? Which yeah, is also moped perfor- looking performance, screen. I guess. Yeah, there we go. The Segway P series, P65, P100S. And these do not look like the other ones. They look like more performance machines. Yeah, so it's it's good news. I think like the Segway brand has a reputation for being fairly well built. I know like when they had the the Z10, the 9 bot the unicycle they made the only one it was like people love that thing it was reliable water resistant had official ip ratings uh it just wasn't very repairable but that kind of comes with the when you have something that's sealed and so robust, and so robust yeah it yeah, becomes yeah. more challenging to repair it and to take it apart and such right so yeah and, and that's that's a big topic of today as well and we're yeah, gonna exactly. really delve into that and that's a big point it's like we love these these scooters like that the nine bot that have come out that literally like they don't even have a box charger do they or maybe i don't know no, there was, I, it's built in i think yeah it's built it's in just like, plug it in it's just the cord yeah like it's so ridiculously simple so yeah that's the craziest thing 
Um, and then I guess our third and last topic today, if we want to move on to it, yeah. would be talking about the one wheels and what's what's kind of the main issue that's happened this week. So we'll add it a part of this week, but mainly it's 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 a bigger issue than that. Yeah. So some news has come out around the new one wheel GTs, more so around repairability. Mm-hmm. And if you have any issues or warranty uh, repairs and whatnot, and third party um, mods, exactly. So I'm not sure who exactly. It was that discovered this, but someone with one of the early one wheels, uh, you know, did a little mini teardown to take a look at it. And they discovered that simply by unplugging the battery from the, the board, the BMS, uh, and reconnecting it, bricked that one wheel. And so was it an XR? Was it GT, a GT? GT. So the new GT. Just the GT for now, I believe, has this this flaw so so if you wanted to do anything with your own battery that's like a no can do now yeah even if you're just kind of like swapping out some parts and you had to unplug the battery to get to those parts right like say you wanted to swap out the rails it's a very common thing that one wheelers put new rails or like custom parts around the one wheel yeah which sometimes requires you to disassemble the one wheel 100 percent. so yeah so they discovered that you unplug the the battery from the bms and it bricks the you get an error code essentially, and the only way to fix it is to send that wheel back to a future motion. They won't do it remotely. Yeah, which brings into the question: like third-party mods are big in the one-wheel world, and that's and maybe that's in defiance of of future motion. But they've kind of, without publicly acknowledging the fact that they really don't like third-party mods, they kind of publicly said it in a way, like it leaked. Yes. Um, so that kind of brings us to our question and it'll bring us into our topic after that. The question today is what kind of mods are you guys planning to do with your one wheels? And if you're planning to do any, how do you, I guess, feel about this? Yeah. Does that change your opinion yeah. on doing those third party mods? Because now that they've made it even harder. Exactly. Um, yeah. So thank you, Hansel. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Um, so that brings us into our topic now. Like if, you ever do have a problem with your board or something like that they're almost forcing you to bring it right back to them now without any other option exactly so i mean this week we're going to talk about right to repair Mm -hmm. um that's the topic i mean you probably saw it in the title already but yeah so one wheels kind of gave us this idea of let's talk about this and there's some videos going around the internet as well of other people mentioning this and this idea of right to repair persists across almost every industry. Mm-hmm. It's not specific to PEVs. And we're just now seeing it more in PEVs with companies like One Wheel. And, the, and there's some others as well, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, in the past 12 months, there's been legislation in America that have been directly trying to combat this. You know, like the right to the right to repair and in canada it has a lot to do with agriculture and farmers exactly. having the right to repair John their Deere. yeah having to repair their tractors so it's like it's hitting the pev world here uh and it's not being done by like um like everyone or like a user or something it's being done by the company who is making the product um so there's a couple ways they can go about this there's like actual Um, having like a software firewall in the way like this where you see like a code that'll come up but then there's also like making things so complex where it's almost so complicated to repair it it's not worth repairing it's more worth just sending it back exactly that's like the the old nine bot z10 i think of in terms of pv space Mm -hmm. you could repair it but it was a lot more work than many other pvs today yeah and even when i think of like the PVs that exist today, or sorry, not PVs, but EUCs, 
um, specifically when I look at Bagod, In Motion, King Song, of those three, um, clearly Bagod are the easiest kind of work on and repair. They're, there's, yeah. they're the simplest to kind of just open up. You know, it's like five screws. You see everything. <laughs> you know it's what I mean? true, but like, yeah, like, it's so simple. I'm not simple. saying that's better or worse. I'm just saying it's simple. Yeah. Uh, and clearly, like, they're not trying to block users from doing their own mods or repairs in that sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Just, yeah. There, there's not a lot of like, I keep on saying the word firewall, but I don't know a better exactly. word unless you've got one. But like, there's nothing in the way if you want to do something. Like for me, on my RS that I've got, I put in an entirely different like motherboard just for the audio for new speakers. And like I had to do it separately and then yeah. plug it in. But it was like, but it you was could do it. so plug and play that it was yeah. ridiculously easy. Now, uh, what's happening with One Wheels is if you want to do anything with this battery, a third-party mod kind of sector in one wheel is so popular, that is now like it's completely bricking these units. Yeah, so maybe let's go back a bit in yeah. time and talk about previous one wheels and how kind of mm-hmm. Future Motion got to this point. Uh, as I've experienced this, and I recall a lot of this from three, four years ago when I was riding XRs, um, and I know even today in the used market, within the uh, one wheel XRs marketplace, the model or the version of XR that you have is very important. Okay, why? So, yeah, so great question. Uh, they have these model numbers, 4209, 4210, 4212, for example, uh, and others. And the higher the number, the newer that model is. So it's like a batch number? It's of... like a batch number, essentially. Okay, so of... they produce like, like the motor, say 1,000, like 42010 unit. units or whatever. Okay. Units. And it's it's the whole one wheel itself has that model number. Okay. So I don't know specifically like what's different in each model, but there's, sm- there's small differences that they've changed over time, just like each batch kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so why that matters is I know even when I bought my XR, people would talk about in the group chats like oh which model did you get it was kind of like a lottery like people would try and get a certain model because you don't know until you unbox it and connect it to your phone it's not on the serial number it's nowhere else it's not written on the unit it's not anyway. written as far as i know it's not on the box or anything but the easiest and quickest way is you just yeah just the open the app there. and it tells you which model exactly so people like get it and they jump on their phone they're like, yeah <gasps> Exactly. And I remember doing that myself with the one that I had. I think I had like a 4209 or something like that. What was the verdict on that? I think it was okay. I, I could be mistaken, but I didn't do a lot of mods. And so the reason that this is important is because uh, back in the OG one wheel days before the XR, a lot of people run like vamps or they had external battery packs that they could run while riding and it would like plug into the charge port. And so the charge okay. port would allow incoming current while the motor was on while you were riding. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right? I remember seeing guys here in Toronto. On yeah. The, the one wheels you have, have like range. crazy I'm like, decked out one wheels. I'm like, whoa, you have range. That's crazy. Go on. Yeah. And so that was one of the first things. And then I, my understanding is Future Motion disabled that with one of the newer versions. They removed the ability to accept current via the charge port. So then you just had to have like a separate battery pack that you could use to charge up the wheel when you're stopped right so it's like okay rough yeah <laughs> and then they so that is there feature, anything you could then put on the board to bypass that or? exactly there was so okay. so they destroyed the charge port and then there was ways that came out where you could directly tap in to the bms or the the motherboard and this is um, all third party that all figured third this party out? yeah and you just kind of have a separate <laughs> cable that comes out and you plug your battery into that excuse me <laughs> so they continued to allow that um just via a different method like directly into the BMS. 
that is and that's like that's kind of what they do in china where they like they compete with one another just to kind of break things open and make things better but like this is an american company so like exactly. not to say they have a, a monopoly of what they're doing but like there's they there's a lot do. of other liability issues with yeah. other companies trying to do that yeah they have them. exactly they kind of have a monopoly in terms of the one wheel space there's not many direct competitors to them and yeah. so they have this they want to kind of maintain that control as well it's yeah. very much Apple-like. Like a yeah. lot of this right-to-repair stuff is huge in the tech world. And often Apple comes up in discussions when you're talking about right-to-repair as well because with phones and Yeah, laptops. they have this authentication that they do with all their products. Yes, they get to and the... And you have to pay to get that authentication in order to work with the proper... Exactly. And it's... They don't just allow anyone to repair their stuff. You have to be like an authorized repair center... And then they'll sell you specific components. And if you're not authorized, good luck. Like, yeah. And then there's it. all this new legislation that have come out to try to combat this. So now it's kind of weird that this is happening at the same time with Future Motion and what, you know, their new, yeah. their newest wheel. And they've done yeah. this, their newest product. They've done this to us. Like, what is going on? Um, so what does that mean for all of these riders then? Like, did, is, is this... Pr- a problem that can be solved with an update in the future where they kind of like say, okay, okay, this was a mistake. We're sorry. We're going to unlock this now. Yes and no. I think they're, they are also doing some hardware uh, locks, which is a lot more difficult to resolve via software um, where they pair components together, like Bluetooth module with like the BMS or something. Right. So this brings up the question of complexity, making it so hard to to repair something. It's it's almost not worth it because yeah. then this is connected to this. So if you got to repair this, you're going to lose this and you got to repair that as well, making it two things you're going to have to fix. Exactly. And Apple, is, for example, is the same thing where they have like a display with face ID and you know, and all new... of it's linked together. You can't just replace one component. You got to like replace it all. Yeah, I was doing some research and like the Apple chip that they use has so many different components that used to be external components on the board that are just yeah. in the chip now so like if one of those things fails you got to replace the whole chip exactly so it's yeah. like they're making it but it also is it's efficiency too right like it knocks down so many more variables and it runs so much more efficiently it just makes sense to do that but mm-hmm. at the end you know it's making repairing these so much more complicated yeah and i think at the end of the day if car manufacturers told you oh you can't repair your car you have to bring it to the like the manufacturer there'd be a lot of uproar right yeah and i think it's interesting to see this in tech and pevs where people kind of just accept it for what it is and like they buy this product and at the end of the day you don't really own that product because you're not allowed to do things to that product yeah like you want to swap out a component on a one wheel or you want to upgrade your battery capacity you can't and and a lot of the time too, and especially in the auto industry, you have these technicians and these mechanics who it's their job to figure these things out. And as m- things get more complex and more of these smaller components go into you know amalgamate into one piece, it's up to those technicians to figure it out, and they will. But um, it also brings into question too, like is there a monopoly in a case where they can't get parts? Or like they have this certain thing and they reach out to the company and they go, hey, I'm going to need this to fix it. And they go, mm, sorry, can't sell that to you. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is as well. Um, and we can look at e-bikes, for example, as another example of this. And Bosch. Bosch is one okay, of the yeah. huge German manufacturers of e-bike motors. They make tons of other stuff as well. But they're very popular in the pedal assist e-bike world. And I have heard many people who are running into issues where if you have 
a Bosch e-bike and you, you're riding and all of a sudden your screen has a little error code on it, you as an end user have no way to figure out what that error code means, how to fix that error code, right? You'd think Is it'd be like as a simple reader? as an app or a reader or something, right? But no, Bosch will only sell those components to authorized bike shops with professional bike mechanics and they will not sell any to any consumer. So for you to just figure out what this code means, you're paying a bike shop to look at your bike. It'll sit there for a few days and then they'll come back and they say, oh, you uh, you have a crimped wire in the motor harness or something. And also that wire you can't get from anywhere except for from Bosch. And yeah. Bosch will only sell the wire to the bike shop. And and a lot of these companies will say that's safety. It's a safety exactly. thing. That's exactly so what it we is. We don't want you to, it's a liability. We don't want you to get hurt. You know, this could... Yeah. You know, Meanwhile, you. you can go to ebikes.ca and this is a good website if you're wanting to build your own e-bike and you can buy any motor, any motor harness, all the cables, batteries, etc. And they provide you with all the software that allows you to configure and look uh, literally plug in that motor and be like, oh, that's what that error code means. <laughs> and then you can fix it if you wanted to. But you got to dig and find that. Yeah. But it's it's free to use and it's open to everyone and it's not like oh you're not an authorized retailer or repair center. Sorry. So again, what was that website? Ebikes.ca, Canadian e-bikes, company. Ebikes.ca, they got the information for you right there. Yeah, that's crazy. And like, it's it there's there's been a little bit of history in this. Like, I used to ride e-skates solely, and I used to ride a boosted board. And there was a big issue with the boosted board called the red light of death. R L O D. Just reminds me of Xbox. <laughs> but <laughs> so, that that is exactly what this is. Is that um the red ring of death. Yeah, exactly. Like this thing would just literally stop working and give you a red I, I forget how many, you know, flashes it was, oh, okay. but it was a red light that it gave you. And what this was is that in your battery pack, I believe it was like a twelve S one P or the extended batteries were twelve S two P. If one of those cells were really uh, off from the rest of the cells and it was a real imbalance problem okay. then that would come up and it wasn't like you could probably get in there and disconnect it and you can often just disconnect a battery and swap them all the time because they're swappable right yeah so yeah. there was a lot of parts that made that accessible and they weren't against third parties okay but when this would go bad uh, and one of these cells would go off. Then you get the red light of death and it would kind of break the unit. But then it was like, okay, you got to ship it back to us. And all it was was just a coating within the within the motherboard on the battery or I guess the BMS. You just had to reverse or erase that error code and then it would be fine again. But oh, then really? knowing that you Might would have to... Again? Yeah, it would exactly. It would just set that off right once again. But the person who's doing that and resetting that code also should know when you're repairing it that you have to char- find that cell that's out and uh, charge that sound and rebalance thing. it out. Mm-hmm. That's your job, right? Because so, you could just clear take the off code that and that's it. Yeah. Give it right back to them. And then yeah. they're going to come to you tomorrow and be like, look, I got it's bricked again. Wow. Okay. Right? So it, it is a safety measure. And it's not one of these things where it's like, you know, future motion here where it's like, oh, disconnect these two parts. Now the BMS is connected to the motherboard and it's paired. If you unpair those or try to do something that isn't in that right pairing, it detects it and shuts it off. <laughs> you know, it's different. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've seen that before in the e-skate world, but it's not the same now. Now that like people are having real issues, like you messaged me personally and you were like, I don't know if I could support this. Yeah. I mean, and with the one wheel news, I would not buy a GT with like this news. Like I, I refuse because for me now, is that out of morals or out of safety? No, nothing to do with safety at all. It's purely to do with right to repair and the fact that 
in a sense, you're agreeing to not owning that product. You may think you own it, but technically you're kind of leasing that product and the company owns it because if anything happens to it, it's garbage. You don't really have the right to repair it. And the thing is, most of the time, it's such an easy fix. A lot of the time, these fixes, yeah, with error codes or like on a bike and a small cable gets crimped or... You know, it's it can be very minor things that are easy to fix and they could help you out. And even in EUCs, it's nice that I often like the EUC space, people are helping each other and fixing stuff themselves. Uh, but when you have these companies who don't want that, they're basically saying we don't want anyone to touch these devices except for us. And it's difficult. Like even when I think about um, third party repair shops. Uh, their business centers around the fact that they can help customers and provide a service to people repairing, right? Yeah. Uh, and if they basically can't do that because the company doesn't even want that to happen, yeah, they're out of business, right? Ooh. So I can't support companies that are like I, I don't support Apple for the same reason. I don't. Mm, that's I, why you I have tend an to Android. not use. Yeah, I tend to not use many Apple products or Apple. laptops or anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because wow. they're they're yeah, yeah. they're in the same boat, right? They've for years pushed against right to repair, and they've done things like limiting CPU capacity on their iPhones for the older models, um, so that out of safety the battery won't burn up quickly. By burn up, I mean like degrade. It would degrade faster. Yeah, like the technology is not made for that. Yeah, that time. but they're basically secretly slowing down everyone's phones. Yeah. And then eventually they're like, oh, whoops, when they got caught, they're like, oh, we're sorry. Here's a toggle in the software to turn it off if you want. But your battery's going to degrade faster. Yeah. Or you could just buy a new iPhone. Now, it just, this begs the question, is that, like, there's a big difference between Apple and Future Motion. Although we are making these huge comparisons, Apple has a lot of money and a lot, like, it's one of the biggest companies in the entire world. And Future Motion is taking this same kind of attitude do they have the capital and stuff to be fighting all of this? Like there's lawsuits out there now that they're dealing with, you know, EUC world and, and China, they don't necessarily deal with this. That's why they can kind of tackle one another in their, in their innovations where future motion here, it's like, they're trying to stop that and just running into so many, I'm assuming in the future money problems. Well, the thing is a lot of what they're doing from my understanding is, to please their investors Um, because all of these things that they're doing are selfish in the sense of it benefits them but -hmm. it doesn't benefit you as the consumer nor does it benefit third-party mod so they're guaranteeing their investors they're guaranteeing they're they're saying they're gonna have to come back to us exactly we got this money and that's what apple does too right in the sense of you want to buy a new iphone you buy a new iphone because your old one stops working versus in the past where you could have just paid a hundred bucks and swapped the battery out yeah. if your phone still worked fine, but the battery was degraded. Yeah. Um, you can do that now. I'll bet you can go to Apple and you can have pay them and they'll just give you a new battery. Yeah. Um, but that's because there's been a lot of pushback against them, against right to repair against them, not being able to uh, allow those things to happen. And future motion is basically doing that. They're not letting you swap the batteries. If you just wanted to and that's put in different huge batteries. in the PEV industry. Exactly. Like your whole device is a battery and a motherboard <laughs> and the motor. Mm-hmm. So if something goes wrong or you need to diagnose something, the fact that you are now having to ship this product to California 
which again brings back money like future motion are they yep. paying for the shipping to go back and forth for something like this saying like oh it's an error code no it's not included in the warranty so then you they're, have to they're pay costing to these customers even more and they're not getting money from that so it's going straight to the shipping company yeah. for the shipping they'll cover whatever repair cost is there if there's something that needs to be swapped or under warranty kind of thing but they don't cover the shipping but then there's an additional cost that is just yes. on the onus of the user period correct yeah. versus you Great. could do Thanks. it yourself Right. And save all that money if it was simple as like. Or could they even ship you the part? But, but exactly. they won't do that because of they don't want you getting in there. Yes. Because right? of safety. Because of safety. <laughs> it's like, what do you do? Put little dye packs. So as soon as you get in there, it's like. <laughs> blows up in your face. You know, like, oh, what is going on? Yeah. I think their definition of safety is a little different than yeah. reality. And it's not like these machines are deadly in comparison to some other ones that we've seen out there. There are some of the more reserved PEVs and, and speed and capability and capacity. Yeah, um, for sure. So are you truly scared of it? <laughs> like, So, yeah, I mean, this is unfortunate to see, I think. Let's just, uh, you know, we have to push for right to repair. Yeah. Um. You know, for me, it's a speak with my wallet and <laughs> yeah. Let don't you hear that in the companies. restaurant industry. Yeah. It's like people talk with their feet. Yeah, you don't really see as many bad reviews as people just don't return. Exactly. So and and people have tried that in the past with the goad too, and they and people have pointed out that the fires are like point one percent as well. Yeah, of the time that yeah, and it worked. People just kind of stopped buying for a bit, and then they unveiled a bunch of models and all that. So yeah, there's there's some weird trends that happen. Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes over the next few months. I know there's a lot of companies out there. Uh, Craft and Ride is one I can think of. And there's lots of others that make one wheel uh, accessories and mods. And yeah. uh, we'll see how they fare, if they can continue to support the new GT. Uh, it's just very, it's very anti-consumer to me. Even the GT has a wider rim slightly bigger rim on the motor yeah so, so that you can't thing. use any of the third-party tires that existed for the xr yeah you're stuck with using whatever future motion is created for now yeah right? and that's that's one thing too is a lot of people would change for a hoosier tire exactly. or a different type of tire the and it was just, or something it just made the ride so much more versatile and then you see more videos up there and people are using the product more so it does benefit future motion but like why do they want to hinder that is the big question. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate question. I don't have an answer, but I, I definitely think it's good that we're discussing this and bringing awareness to this. Um, I'm sure some people already know about this, but there's others who may have no idea that this is happening and they buy that new GT and uh, yeah, they're in for a real treat when something does go wrong and they have to deal with that. Yeah, and they have yeah, no local place they can go to because, well, Future Motion doesn't let you do that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Now, on the topic of third-party mods, there was like a rumor, it's hearsay, there was something going around about somebody from Future Motion saying that they will continue to do everything in their power to stop third-party mods. That's bold, and that's big. Um, to verify that, to make sure it's truth is one thing, and that needs to be done. But um, to have a company literally say, we don't want third-party mods what is their what is the prerogative like what are they trying to do with this in the end or what do you think they're trying to do with this in the end well we know that from their perspective regardless of whether that's true or hearsay or whatnot that they claim it's for safety right and liability 
concerns of someone changing something, getting hurt, and then trying to sue them or something along those lines. Um, I don't know if I fully agree with that because a lot of what they're doing isn't isn't even um, for safety measures. It's just to kind of prevent anyone from. It's kind of like basic North stuff. American protection, exactly, which you see in a lot of North American companies, which like a lot of the PVs we see come out of China. So we don't necessarily have to deal with this as much. They're not as concerned about someone suing them or exactly. But it's down like company. It's like these North American companies are trying to protect themselves from the inevitable. Trying yeah. to. You know, I also or, do think that's why there's no North American EUC company really prominent yet because for one they're not legal anywhere basically yeah in north america as we've talked about before it's an off-road recreation yeah it's a private private property use kind of vehicle right and uh two is like what you're talking about with liability and north american legal systems regulation all that they have to deal with that a lot more so like they're trying to just protect themselves but it's really just giving them a bad you know, a bad face, a bad image in the company or in the industry and in, in all its user base. Yeah, exactly. And I'm their not user a lawyer. base is really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're really cool people. Like people who ride one, one wheels are like, they do some really cool things with their machines, you know? So yeah. And honestly, one wheels are amazing. Like I still love one wheels. It's the company and their motives that I'm not agreeing with as much. Well, yeah, like you started on a one wheel yeah. and then you shifted to EUCs and other PEVs. We talked to Wheelie Dope. He started on one wheel. He yeah, shifted he still to has EUCs. His, yeah, exactly. We talked to Seb. He started on a one wheel. He shifted to EUCs. Mm-hmm. This is a common pattern. And it's not, it, You're right. it maybe has something to do with the PEV being somewhat superior in, in most aspects. But like they they left one wheel and it wasn't just for one reason. Not Not to say that their reason was because of this. But I'm sure it was a caveat on the side where they were like, mm, not feeling it. You know, like I don't want to have a bricked unit or something like that, you know. Yeah, exactly. Not to put words in their mouth. That may not be the case. But it could have been. Like this is a thing that a lot of people are having to deal with as well, right? And third-party mods are just a fun thing to do. And they can upgrade your performance and everything so much that like they're ruining that experience. Yes. And it's interesting that most people don't care or they not don't seem to care as much and they're still going to purchase one wheels, you know, regardless the pine, the, uh, the GT. Yeah. Um, and like, there's people like us, me and you, I'm again, try not to put words in your mouth, but stock sticklers, people that, you know, they like the stock experience. Yeah. If it's not broken. Don't fix exactly. it. Exactly. And it I'm works. not, you're right. I'm not huge on doing tons of mods, but, mm-hmm. but I am, concerned about you know repairability and how long something will last and how easy it is for me to to do those repairs because at the end of the day how much are you spending on one of these machines and i don't want to have it for six months yep so you know recently i purchased a e-bike and Mm -hmm. it uses a bosch motor and that was something i was concerned about and initially i was considering like let me build my own e-bike or buy off-the-shelf components such from ebikes.ca for example because you understood yeah and like i understand that there's these issues with repairability and servicing um at the end of the day a pre-built for me was preferred because uh i i liked the frame and i liked the the company that was making the bike and their support and their warranties um and i know Bosch has its own warranty. So like the warranty for the motor and the battery is all through Bosch. 
it's separate from the bike manufacturer, even on a pre-built. So the security um, of that retail experience. Yeah. So the retail experience itself through the company that builds the bike is very good. And I know that I'll get good support and they have like lifetime warranties on their frames and mm-hmm. everything. Right. So that part of it attracted me. But I do know that if I run into issues with like the Bosch system or the battery starts throwing an error or anything, right, like the motor starts having some problems, I won't be able to repair any of that myself. I'm going to have to take it straight to the store, which thankfully they have a good retail local space and I don't have to ship a product across the country. Right. So that's the flaw yeah. with one wheels. And and as well, having like, sorry, if I go off topic, bring us right back if I'm off. But yeah. like having that experience of backlogs where you send it in and you just got to wait in line. Exactly. The great thing about smaller shops is having the right to repair, but also having the right to go in, get Better, your stuff yeah. fixed the same day and walk out. And, and if also, they're busy, they're going to tell you like, okay, well, you bring it in in a few days. We'll have some time. We'll look at it right away. And then, you know, right? Like, yeah. You and know. even if you look at EVs and Tesla and they have their authorized Tesla repair person, yes. you can either wait or they'll get come in to line you, right? and they'll try to do the best inspection possible. I was watching a Marquez Brownlee video mm-hmm. and he was mentioning like you could wait in line and then they'll have it done to spec the way that it should be right out of the factory like it never was broken or you could just have it go to somebody else and have a lesser probability of that but still get a great product fixed at the end of the day yeah right so it might just take a bit longer or something but yeah same same fix at the end of the day yeah so i mean they're kind of forcing themselves into a backlog as well I mean, that's like, true, though. Yeah. You're limited to what future motion can do in this case. Now. Yeah. Is there um, now is there back in the corner? Are, are they being forced to do this because of the North American problem and, and the liability? And it's like, oh, well, we, we kind of have to. We kind of have to just in case, just in case. Do we I feel mean, bad for them at all? I mean, I honestly can't comment. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how much of that is true in the sense of they're being forced to do it because of their investors or some sort of liability concerns or something. This is a lot of what they say, but from what I see from the right to repair space, it's not really about that at the end of the day, because you own a product, you should have the right to own that product, to own that product and <laughs> to repair it. If you choose to, it sounds crazy to think, right? Like the own, the right at the to end own. of the day, the company kind of still owns the product because they're the only one who can make changes to it, even like plug it in to tell you like, oh, this is what's wrong with it. Mm. Something simple as that you can't do yourself. Yeah, it's a bit crazy to me. So maybe that's the question for the people listening. Um, leave a leave a comment or something if you you know you know more about the legal side of things, or you just have an opinion, or or you know you have something to say about it. Um, but yeah, clearly we don't know much about that. Maybe that has a lot to do with it as well. So, and it could be different in the states to Canada, even right. Mm, so very much so. And and in a way, our political system follows America's. Like recently, they were talking about doing the time change, and they say Canada could be very soon to follow. Yeah. Uh, so and you know, e- and we are tied to them in a way. Exactly. And I know right to repair um, within the USA is right now only kind of at like a state level as far as i'm uh mm-hmm. aware of so mm-hmm. it's being pushed by certain states to kind of allow and within that state you have you have to allow third-party repair shops or access to um components or parts that can be ordered directly and that sort of thing so like within those states where they have that legislation yeah, it's kind of like what they did with the e-scooter pilot project here where the government exactly. was just like okay you could do it here are relative guidelines go for it yeah 
So it it requires, it's not at a federal level yet, but I do think that it needs to get to a federal level because otherwise you'll still have companies abusing the system and, you know, trying to own all your, all your products. Unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, is there anything else to add on that topic? That's, that's, that's big. And that's not to sway anyone's opinion on getting a new GT or anything like that, but like like we've mentioned in a lot of our episodes we're just here to inform the people and we think this is something that's kind of crazy that's popped out and yeah. we instantly just said yep that's the topic that's what we're talking about just weigh the pros and cons for yourself and decide if for you it's okay if it's worth it i did the same i bought a pre-built bosch system which they're not very friendly when it comes to right to repair right but at the uh, end of the day you've done your research and you went yeah. okay i can deal with this and i have some local areas that can support me and so i've weighed those pros and cons and to me it's worth it um but definitely take all this into consideration and i do hope that um companies also i mean they probably won't let's be real but uh, (laughs) until legislation comes into play they probably won't consider this as an actual issue um they'll just keep yeah pushing their their same motives but i do want to see a future where we don't have to be dependent on the company for things we've purchased yeah that's kind of unfortunate so um should we move on because i think there's a great point you mentioned someone that you wanted to shout out today and i think there was some great points that this person made as well that i think we should mention as well some action that can be taken um if you really feel passionate about this yeah definitely uh this week's shout out not instagram um but mm-hmm. fellow youtuber uh he is actually a very big youtuber his name is lewis rossman yes and um, like this person is not in the pev space per se like not an expert no but he does ride e-bikes okay, heavily cool. yeah okay, so he's cool. in new york city and he has a shop there where they do computer repairs okay uh, so that's what he's his channel kind of is famous for doing in-depth uh, microchip repairs and computer repairs and kind of demonstrating how they do it and he also does a lot of like uh, just talking to the camera yeah i've seen a lot of videos of him recently when i was doing research on this topic of him just talking about other right to repair and, and different yes. things talking about apple and things yeah like, so as a third party repair shop it's important to them that yeah it exists. and he sounds very informed definitely so he's informed he's been a big supporter of right to repair even in u.s legislature and he's spoken at you know washington uh, different senate appearances different testimonies uh wow with the government so if you go on his youtube channel he has an entire section for lobbying lobbying at legislature so all the times where he's participated in government talks to kind of lobby for right to repair um, and they've won sometimes and some of maybe not entirely his um, due to him, but contributions. Him, he, he's contributed to uh, some of the wins that we've seen in the tech space with right to repair. Now, his opinion on future motion was very it was very stern. Like yes. if you watch his video, he almost seemed pissed off. <laughs> he's like, I've never seen anything like this. This doesn't even compare to Apple. This is nothing Apple's done or this d- does not compare to what Apple has done. Yeah. Like, you, I mean, you ended up forwarding me this this video of him. Yeah, so it's on his channel for anyone who wants to check it out. He did a video Please on the do. new the new one-wheel GT battery issues and whatnot. To check it out, it's a good video. His channel's great as well. Very informative. Um, <laughs> yeah, I won't comment on the actual video itself, but I think, like you said, it is very direct, and th- this is his kind of style. Mm-hmm. Uh, he He doesn't try and take sides. It's just like, 
these are the facts this is what this company is doing you decide if yeah. you if you agree with that or not he also mentioned somewhere where you can take action and it wasn't actually him that was saying it he was reading a post from oh, somebody yes. who had posted online and where do you know where that was what forum uh, i that do was? this applies only to the u.s uh, i think it was yeah ftc um yeah the federal trade commission in the states you can file com- complaints to them uh mm-hmm for in regards to right to repair so i think he links it in the video he lays it uh, all out we'll put a link there. down here it's somewhere on the ftc's website yeah we'll put it in the in the description for this video too so yeah. you could just click on it so if you're in the u.s if you bought a one wheel you should probably go to this link and uh submit a claim if you're very much like a third party yeah. you know somebody who wants to modify their stuff and and just have yeah. fun with it and you know really contribute to that one wheel culture that very much is that exactly. <laughs> which is very strange that it's yeah. the company that doesn't want it. it is very strange right like they're the, such a huge third party uh world and community in one wheels and yet future motion itself is like the most anti it's like it's like being ever. raised with a priest as a father it's yeah. like you're just gonna want to rebel yeah. you know is it, is it that same thing maybe. Maybe. maybe um i think it has a lot to do with the machine itself though like it just yeah it's a fun thing to ride you know yeah. very snowboard-esque very Definitely. you do so many tricks on it so yeah so shout out to uh, lewis rossman uh go check lewis out his rossman. channel he's got some great content on right to repair and if you're interested in tech lots of great content on there as well yeah, so this was uh, this was a great episode, I feel. And for anyone who's riding a one wheel, please share it with your friends, share it with your community, and let them know if they have no idea this is an issue. Um, we're happy we could bring it to you, uh, so you could subscribe and like and share and all of that, just to to make sure that this word gets out to those who really do want to hear it. Thanks for watching. Yeah, we do appreciate it, and we will see you next time on PEV Lane. Peace out. Peace.